for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, or you can head on over to AmericaOutloud.com. Click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. While you're there, please check out the articles and podcasts updated daily over at AmericaOutloud.com. New York City, the city in which Rob lives. What's happening uh, in this subway, we've often talked about the increase in violence, uh, the safety issues on these subways that we've got in New York City. Uh, but we saw an incident in this past couple weeks where this uh, Navy veteran, I guess you could say, even though he's still in active duty, uh, had to get into an altercation with a mentally ill homeless guy, ended up choking him out, and unfortunately, the guy passed away. I do not believe for a second this was the soldier's intention was to kill the guy. It seemed like he just wanted to neutralize him. Um, I think a lot of us that have been to these liberal cities, maybe not just New York City, but pretty much any liberal city in America, we've dealt with these mentally ill people who can be violent, who are unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. Uh, and they really do cause a scene around people. And it's just a very unsafe situation with these people around. And the Democrats just continue to let them out. Uh, no mental help, no jail time, because a lot of them commit crimes. And this is the situation we're stuck with. An innocent service member uh, now could be facing murder charges. It's just absolutely ridiculous. This is where we are at, but this is Joe Biden's America. Rob, how are you doing tonight? And what are your thoughts on what's going on in New York City? Andrew, I'm doing great. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And you say, what's going on in New York City? What isn't going on in New York City? I moved to New York City like some 20 years ago. And at the time, it was on the verge of being, it was changing from the old New York to the the New York that we had under Rudy Giuliani, which was peaceful, uh, crime was extremely low, and you weren't afraid to walk out on the streets and live life. And a large city like New York, the Big Apple, a city that people had said was unmanageable and you couldn't govern it. And certainly, looking at the previous mayors of the city, that seemed to be true. I read an article years ago during the Ford years, which I wasn't here then, uh, President Ford, and New York was in such a bad shape that it was about to go bankrupt. And Ford looked at it and said, let it. Who cares about New York City? They've created the problem, so let them live with it. Fast forward to today, the exact same thing is happening. They've created an unsustainable government, way of governing, should I say, that just isn't sustainable. And for whom have they created this unsustainable government? New York is supposed to be the entry to the world, to the markets, financial markets, fashion, culture. People want to come to New York. As the song says, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I think it was Frank Sinatra singing the song, New York, New York, and then Jay-Z and Alicia Keys came out with the song, singing about New York, concrete jungle, pavement jungle. And I'll say, if you can make it in New York, you know, as tough as it is, yeah, you can make it anywhere. You can live anywhere because the city will entice you, will make you think you know who it is. It will chew you up, swallow you, spit you out. And it's like a constant recycling type process. And New York isn't for everyone. 
But at the same time, you can live here and you can make it. But what has happened to New York the past decade or so, when Democrats took control, they just destroyed it. Mayor Dinkins was the first black mayor of New York. He served one term, and I think that was during the 80s. I wasn't here then. But when you go and you read the articles, it was the same rhetoric that we hear now that we heard then, that why can't we have a black mayor? A black mayor can do much better with the crime and with the people, because black people are being marginalized. We need a black mayor. So David Dinkins, a nice, kind man, black man, threw his hat in the ring, educated man, and people were ecstatic. Oh, we have our first black mayor. He won. And he, interestingly enough, a little it's known that he beat out Rudy Giuliani at the time, both Democrats. Rudy Giuliani ran as a Democrat, and he lost. And people were ecstatic. We have a black mayor. Yes, things will change. Things did not change. If you go back and you look at the history, things got worse. Black-white relationships worsened. And then there was a big story that all the media outlets and talk show radio was, at, was like really find, finding, found, finding a ground then. Uh, Geraldo, Winfrey, Phil Donahue, and so many others, Sally Jesse Raphael, I think during that time, Andrew, I think there was about like 20-something talk show radios on TV. I was a kid, and I remember saying, wow, like everyone has a talk show. But the Crown, Ice, Crown Heist incident, whereby a Hasidic Jew killed a black kid, and it just like blew the lid open that this Jew killed this black kid. They say it was out without any regard. He just did it and didn't care anything about it. And just kept moving on. I don't know if he hit him. He was a car accident. But you guys Google it, uh, the Crown Heights incident. And there was complete chaos. And this happened in Queens, New York, one of the boroughs. Complete chaos. No, no, I'm sorry, not Queens, but Crown Heights, which was uh, Brooklyn. And you had the Hasidics against the Blacks, and people were just all out. And in one instance, the mayor... Dinkins came out and said, we're not going to do not arrest anyone. Don't arrest any of the blacks. Let them do what they're going to do. Now, we've heard that recently in Baltimore with Freddie Gray. And the mayor said, let the blacks give them some space to, you know, get out, let, let out their anger. We heard that with Michael Brown. We heard that during the riots of every time there is an incident. George Floyd, we heard that during the riots. Give them space. So they gave him space, Dinkins did, because he didn't know what to do. He was terrified. The city was about to explode, race riots. So they killed this kid. This kid was killed. And like, we demand justice. And we want this, you know, justice by the crowd. And if you don't do this, we'll burn it all down. Burn down their own neighborhoods, of course. So this was just really tumultuous. It was just like boiling over. Different groups were trying to come in and get them to talk. And eventually, things got things quieted down, but this consumed Dinkins' mayoralship. Fast forward, Giuliani got ready to run, and this time as a Republican, and he beat out Dinkins, gave him a, a good beating. And of course, people didn't like the fact that Giuliani was running because he said, oh, he's a racist. And yeah, every Republican who runs has to be a racist. I mean, that's just the way Democrats label them. But they've gotten even bolder now and label them a racist. 
And it's really unfortunate. And it's such a lie because you have the media that's playing along with it. And as I've said before, the media is the enemy of the people. And we need to find a way to put the kibosh on the media. Yes, I said it. I went to journalism school. And what we see right now is not journalism. Okay. They need to be held accountable. Going back to the story. So Giuliani beat Dinkins, retired Dinkins. Dinkins faded away. Giuliani came in. He had an idea. These are the things we're going to do. We can clean up this city. It is not impossible. And we're going to start with stop and frisk. And anyone that we think is suspicious, suspicious, we're going to stop them. And they did this in a lot of the black neighborhoods. And the black people congratulated him. They said, yes, this is what we need. We made these neighborhoods safe. Neighborhoods that they say were unlivable, we made them safe in our neighborhoods. Where it was riddled with crime. Of course, people didn't like it. That Julian was a racist because he didn't kowtow to them the way people are kowtowing to these radical black leaders today. Julian said, nope, we need to clean it up. And we know where the problem is. We know where the crime is. We see the criminals. Put them in jail. Let's stop them. If you haven't done anything, you have nothing to fear. And of course, under his uh, mayoral ship, we had the Abner Lima case, whereby a, uh, I think it was a cops went and arrested this African immigrant and they shoved a uh, pole up his rectum. It was it was horrible. But immediately they ran to, oh, this happened because of racism. This guy was racist. Oh, yeah, he's racist. Now, put him on trial and the guy was found uh, guilty, went to jail. He was an Italian guy who happened to have a black girlfriend. But no, he's still a racist. No matter, he's still a racist because we labeled him a racist. He's a racist. No, I don't know what was in this man's heart. I don't know why he did what he did. Who is going to arrest someone and then take a plunger and stick it up the person's rectum? Makes no sense. Now, I'm surprised he didn't say the guy was gay. But then you can't say that because you then you're disparaging gay people. But who would do that? So rightfully so, the guy should have gone to jail, even if it wasn't racism. But what you attack, I mean, to... You injured this person. First, you arrest him. You're going to beat the hell out of him. And then with the plunger? Are you serious? What is this? But they labeled it racist. And then there was another instance whereby another African immigrant who was going to a storage unit, and someone called the police and said there was a guy who's acting suspicious. They went up, and I don't think the guy spoke English. They told him to stop. He didn't hear them. He started approaching them, and then these Police officers just opened up with fire and they killed him. I think it was like a hundred something shots. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Again, they said racism. No, because it happened to be cops were white. So well, racism, racist, racism. And then there was another incident with the guy, I think his name was Derek Bale, who was uh, at his bach- at a bachelor party. And he was leaving the bachelor party. And there was something that took place. Someone was shooting. Police came out and they shot the guy. And this was right before the day before his wedding and killed him. Again, racism. I, I don't remember the outcome of the case. You guys can look it up. They might have been found guilty or not. But then moving on, you have Eric Garner, the Eric Garner case. Big guy, known to the police, outside of a bodega selling uh, cigarettes, uh, uh, the one-off cigarettes, cigarellos or whatever they call them. I don't smoke, so I don't know. The bodega, when I say bodega, it's just like a convenience store in middle America. They call them bodegos here in New York City. So the owner of the place called the police and said, hey, he's out here again selling one-off cigarettes. Can you please stop him? They went and they said, come on, Garner, Eric, we told you not to do this. Why are you doing it again? We've got to arrest you. Okay, I guess that one day, Eric decided, I will not allow you to arrest me. I will not be arrested. 
this was a big hulking guy. I mean, big guy, probably like six feet, six two. So these police officers proceed to arrest him. This happened in Brooklyn also. And he decided to fight back. And they succumbed him. They threw him down on the ground, holding him, trying to arrest him. And in the process, unfortunately, he died. And again, this is New York City, liberal New York City. And the coroner ruled it a homicide. What don't they rule a homicide? Okay. When the fast could be staring them in the face, and clearly with this guy, this guy had an enlarged heart. I think he might have substance in his system. I don't know, but he did have an enlarged heart. And from, from what they were looking at, the guy would have died at some point in time, probably a week later, because he was huge and his, he was having problems breathing. But they labeled that racism. And and, and that happened not under Giuliani, but it happened under, uh, I think, the failed mayor de Blasio. And I'm going to get to him also. So the arresting officers in the case with Eric Garner, one white guy, and the others were black. And Eric Garner was bigger than all these people. And the supervisor who was watching all this go down happened to be black. But out of all those individuals, they rushed out and said, oh, racism because the white man killed the black guy. Leave the other officers. They're just there. No one's mentioned them. But this one officer, oh, he killed him. He's, he's racist. So you actually think think that this guy got up that day and said, oh, I'm going to kill me a black guy? Or did he get up and say, God, I want to come back home to be in the bosom of my family, and I hope the same thing for whoever else is out there? So we have to suspend reality and to think that this man went out looking for a black man to kill or a black person to kill. Well, he didn't have to look. You got black people all around. You just pick one and kill him. But no, he wanted to kill Eric Garner, who was known to him because he had arrested him before. And before then, they had like had conversations before about, hey, how you doing? Okay, Eric, be good today. Okay. But that one day, whoops, suspend reality and just say he wanted to kill him. So that was a narrative. The guy got arrested. I think he was sentenced. But I say this, I bring this up because this is what we're seeing happening in society. No one wants to look at the look at what actually happened and the people who were involved. We immediately run to racism. Call it racism and call it a day. Because if we do that, we're going to get a huge rile out of a group of people who are going to say, yeah, that's right, it was racism. And it had nothing to do with it. Maybe that particular cop had a mental issue. Maybe he should have been on the force. As opposed to, oh, he, he saw a black man. Racism. Do we actually think these people are sitting around thinking about black people? Well, that's what they want us to think. Because of the things that have happened in the past. And the things that have happened in the past, those things were these Democrats attacking black people, these Democrats who wanted to keep slavery. But now they've just turned the script. Now that they've been found out, no, we got to blame somebody else now. Now, I'm sure in many of those instances that I've just given to you, a lot of those cops probably voted for Democrats. But no one wants to look at that. We want to hide that. We want to keep that in our back pocket. The same way, as I said, the supervisors who were doing the arresting happened to be a black person. And you know what else? The situation that took place just recently in New York City, Joint Neely, a black man, who was, who was the person who was trying to keep him from hurting other individuals, Daniel Penny, a white man. What's left out of the story is that also helping Daniel Penny, Penny to subdue Mr. Neely was a black man, I think, and another black man. But see, their names are left out. Because that's not the narrative we want to put out there. We want to say that Daniel Penny, who was 24 years, 24 years old and a Marine, killed 
Neely because of racism. And it had nothing to do with that. I'll pick this up on the other side of the break. You're tuned into After Dark with Rob and Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We're back on After Dark with Robin Andrew. And I'm just walking you through a timeline of events here in New York City that, for the most part, shaped the city and the five boroughs uh, with the race relationships and where we are today compared to where we were. And when we went to break, I was talking, had gotten all the way up to the recent incident of Jordan Neely, the black man who was, they were trying to subdue him on a train here in New York city. And the Navy Marine Corps, Daniel Penny grabbed him and put him in a chokehold. And there were two blacks that were trying to help him, you know, subdue this guy. And you can see the video and you see pictures and you see these other individuals trying to help Mr. Penny. But for some reason, Mr. Penny has been labeled the bad guy and the racist. You have Kathy Hochul, our governor, who should not be governor, who's a Democrat, who's calling this incident unfortunate and it was murder. You have AOC, that young girl who should not be on the Hill. She's uninformed. She's incompetent. And the only thing she can do is go on Instagram and talk about how she's going to comb her hair and how people are after her or someone wants to sleep with her. What district is she representing? She's not representing my district. Because if she were, I would probably be forced to throw my hat to the ring. This woman is incompetent. 
Now, me saying this, this is not a threat. This is just reality. But if she were to hear this, she would say, oh, he's threatening me. No one is threatening her. No one wants to go to jail for calling her incompetent. It's not worth it. But she's completely incompetent. Ever since she's been in office, she's been incompetent. And Republicans should be ch challenging her. I mean, she's a nitwit. She doesn't understand what's happening in history other than I'm going to be famous one day. Once I'm done serving here, I'll go on CNN or MSNBC and I'll be able to write my ticket to stardom and be rich. Remember when she went to the Met Gala? Who gave her that dress, that expensive dress she was wearing? We're yet to look into that. They said that she violated ethics violation of the, set of the uh, House of Representatives, but was she charged? No, they look at this, they being the people on the Hill, and they just like, oh, well, let's just move on. No, you can't move on. If a person has violated ethics rules, then they must pay a fine. They must be held accountable. And that's something that Republicans don't do. They don't hold their counterparts accountable. Had this been a Republican, that person would be looking at being censored. But with her, well, we don't want to touch her because if we touch her, they're going to say we're racist. Well, they're going to say it regardless. You can't let people like this slide by. We need to get a team of Republicans in office who are going to stand up and stand up to this whole narrative that you're a racist. Just say, well, I don't care. I'd rather be a racist than to be a complete imbecile like you. But this has got to stop. As soon as people hear that word, they just like they're stuck with the deer in headlights. They don't want to say anything else. They want to move over. They want to move on. And that is what has happened to Republicans down through the years, with the exception of Ronald Reagan, but the Bushes, they would just look the other way. People would come out, call them racist. I remember doing a concert after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, what's the guy's name? The rapper came out, Kanye came out and said that Bush doesn't like black people. And at the time when they said that, I don't care if you're on the left or the right, people were like, oh boy, you can you shouldn't say that. But now when you say it, oh, they will rally the troops. Oh yeah, that's right. Look at how they did Donald Trump. He doesn't like black people. He's a racist. He's a racist. And when I hear black people saying this man is a racist, they know nothing about him. Nothing at all. Other than the fact that before he ran for president, they would watch The Apprentice. Before he ran for president, they wanted to be like him because he was cashing in on all the dough. All the rap stars had him in all their videos. Donald Trump this and Donald Trump that. Oh, my man, Donald Trump. He's got all the dough. He's got the swag. He's got the swing. But when he would decide to run for president, you got these white liberals saying, oh, he's a racist. And then black people, oh, yeah, he's a racist. How is he a racist? Well, remember what he said in North Carolina, South Carolina, that they were good people on both sides. But if you were to listen to what he said, they took it out of context. Because if you recall, there were people who were there that were protesting the KKK. So were those people bad also? The woman who lost her life, were we to believe that she's bad? But see, people don't think. Black people don't think in these situations. They just hear the word racism and they jump on board. Being played a fool. Now, let's just admit right now, racism does exist. It exists around the world. It exists here in the United States. Okay. A lot of people were able to get over on other people because of racism, because of racist lies. Look at Emmett Till. We can't say that, that didn't exist. We know that it existed. We know that there was slavery in the South, but there was no slavery in California. So why you guys are asking for reparations is beyond my realm of thinking, other than the fact that you're placating to voters because you want to keep them voting. Now, just imagine if California said, OK, we're going to give uh, reparations to blacks. 
but you have to prove that you lived here during the 1800s. Well, if you prove that, there was no slavery there. So why are we giving it to you? It's just a way to get the vote. A way to get the vote. And if they were to do it, Andrew, I would encourage you to become transracial and then go there and collect your money also. Why not? You can be a trans man. You can change your gender. So why not change your race? This is a bunch of stupid, stupid stuff, but people don't stop and think. It makes them feel good at the moment to talk about it. But yeah, but you look at what we did and it's just horrible and we get it. But you look at all the programs that were created to try and bridge the gap. Giving people free money won't bridge the gap. It's just going to create more problems because enough is never enough. But it sounds good. It makes us feel good. Give me mine and I'm going to go away. I don't care. Yeah, we'll give you yours and then you'll come back for more because you say the way you gave it to me wasn't fair. Let's address the real problem. There is a criminal element out there in society. There is a criminal element in the Black community because of the lack of fathers. And why is that? Because of the racist programs created by the Democrats. You look at the housing projects. And what do they tell the women? You can't have a man here because if you have a man, you got to get out. Really? So I can have children, but I can't have a man here. Yeah, that's right. You read it right. Because we want to keep you dependent upon the government. So then these women go around, they become angry because they can't get a man. Well, I can't get a man because the men. No, that's not it. They don't want you to have a man, they being the Democrats. Let's just look at this. Now, Republicans have their part in it also because they're not standing up and pushing back and saying, no, this is wrong. So they just sit there and let it happen. And then they have to hear about it or feel it on the end of it by saying, oh, you guys don't like us. It's a systemic problem. You talk about systemic racism. It is a systemic problem with these programs ushered out by the government. They're designed to hold people back. They're designed to keep you voting for us, but nothing else, because we're going to keep you in the situation that you're in. Going back to Jordan Neely, what happened in this situation? Jordan Neely, a troubled man, 30 years old. Now, now they want to talk about Jordan Neely, the performer, who would go out and he would dress like Michael Jackson and he would entertain and people were there laughing about it. Oh, yeah, we remember Jordan. Oh, he was such a light. Oh, we just loved him. Where was the love when Jordan Neely was out on the streets needing help? Where were the family members then? Oh, well, we tried to help him. Oh, no, no. Now you want to capitalize off of Jordan Neely's death. Now you're looking at maybe we can get some money off of Jordan Neely. Now we want to make Jordan Neely a saint the same way we wanted to make George Floyd a saint. George Floyd, a two-bit criminal. George Floyd, who also dabbled in pornography. George Floyd, who put a gun to a woman's belly. What happened to George Floyd was wrong. He should be here with us today. But given his family all those millions of dollars, for what? What did he do that was so significant? Well, what what happened is that they're trying to make up for the past, for what happened to Black people way back when. Well, we have affirmative action. We had all these other Democrat social programs. Why didn't George Floyd participate in those? Well, now that he's dead, now we're going to give the family all this money. He can't enjoy the money. The same thing with Michael Brown. The same thing with so many other Blacks that lost their lives. And instead of us telling them, look, listen to the police, obey the law, we're going to make martyrs out of them. Now, Jordan Neely was not killed by a police officer. But what happened, he succumbed to the chokehold that a white man, Daniel Penny, had him in. Daniel Penny, who in my opinion is a hero, Daniel Penny, who in my opinion on that day probably saved lives. But no one wants to look at that. 
no one wants to look at that there were other people that were helping Mr. Penny subdue Jordan Neely. Jordan Neely, 30 years old, who was out on the streets, probably having a moment, a mental illness moment. Why don't we address mental illness? Well, you know why we can't address mental illness now? Because we have men pretending to be women, and that is a mental illness. It has always been a mental illness from the 60s, the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s, and the 80s. And then the 90s, people got started getting tired and saying, wait a minute, let's just call it a day. Let's just say you can do what you want to do. Let's just say you can be uh, a woman. Now, remember, with the gay movement, we were told, we're a boy in this way. Accept us. So we're fast forward, we're looking at people who want to change their genders. You weren't born that way. It's a mental illness. It's a mental condition. But we don't want to talk about mental conditions now. No, because if we do that, it'll put focus on these men running around trying to be women. And you know what's interesting? is that you don't see women, drag kings running around. Why don't we see drag kings? Why is it we always see drag queens? Well, that's toxic masculinity right there because they're taking over for, for women. But no one says anything. And you know why? Because you have beta white males who need to get their woke, guilt, white wives in order and tell them, I wore the pants in this house. You need to sit down and you need to stop taking your kids around these drag queens. Okay? Kaput. That's it. But they're beta. They're weak. They won't do it. Going back to our story, Jordan Neely. I'm giving you guys a lot of information here. I want you to share it. So Jordan Neely, 30 years old, when we look at his background, in 2007, Jordan Neely's mom, a single mom, was killed by her boyfriend, another black man. He choked her. According to published reports, the day that she was killed, Jordan Neely, who was in high school, I think, had gone to see his mom to tell her, I'm going to school, have a good day. But the man who killed her wouldn't allow him access to the house. So he couldn't tell her that. I was in New York City around 2007. And I kind of remember this story because it continues to say that the perpetrator, the man who killed his mom, stuffed her body in a suitcase. And you hear a lot of that here in New York City, unfortunately, or in big cities, and put her body on the side of the road. So that's how he found out about his mom's death, 2007. Now, the person who did it, the boyfriend, has since been convicted, the black man, and he's in jail, and rightfully so. But apparently, Neely, young Neely at the time, this was very traumatic for him. Death is traumatic for a lot of people. Some people... Enters their life and they're able to compartmentalize it and they're able to move on. You never get over a death, but you learn to live with it. So when people say, Oh, you'll get over it, no, that's hogwash. You learn to live with it because it's a part of you. Unfortunately, this consumed him. He did not get the help that he needed. So from 2007 up until now, 2023, 20 plus years later, this man has been suffering was known as a performer, a Michael Jackson performer, performing on the streets. And like I said, people enjoyed him. They loved him. But then at some point, he just started to descend into a maelstrom. And without that mental health, help, without people reaching out to him, the family members, he was just lost. He became homeless. He became erratic at times. And on that fateful day, he got on the train screaming, at the other passengers and saying, I'm hungry. 
I'm ready to die. I don't care. I'll kill someone. I don't care if I die. Now imagine being on a train in a closed area. You can't get out. You're between stops, which could last up to, like, say, like three seconds or more where the train stops. There's no police on the train because New York City decided to defund the police. They told, oh, we don't need the police. And this happened during George Floyd. We don't need the police. And remember, New York City is predominantly Democrat. We don't need the police. Get rid of the police. The police are bad. So you're on the train. And you got this wild man coming up threatening you. You don't know if he's going to kill you. You don't know what's going to happen. If you're a family, I read the other, the not too long ago, there was a tourist family on the train. And this crazy man, black man, yelling at them, oh, you're no good. Your kid is no good. You should be dead. And you should this. You should that. Blah, 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 blah. And what's interesting about this is that people were giving comments as to, well, had this been me, had this been my family, I would have drop kicked him. And I would have done this. And I would have done this. And I would have done that. Really? Now, you would have done all that. And had you drop kicked him and he, he died, they probably would have been arresting you. Because our DA, Alvin Bragg, he doesn't look at the crime or the perps who are doing it. He wants the innocent people that are obeying the law. So the law doesn't matter. Forget about the law. You call it racism, call it a day. And hey, I got my person in jail. I'm a happy camper. So I found it interesting when people were saying, well, this is what I would have done. And the tourist family happened to be white. And like I said, and the guy who was crazy was black. So you better sit there and take that. And people looking at the man saying, oh, this father, he was a coward. I looked and my heart went out to him because I often think about it myself when I'm on the train with my two boys. And I'm like, what would I do? Well, I thought about it. I'm like, if someone accosts them, I'm going to drop kick the person. But see, I'm black. But I'm also a conservative. And they would probably handcuff me, take me to jail, and probably send me up to the pokey for years and years and years. Oh, because he doesn't ascribe to our belief. And although it's black on black crime, but because he's conservative, put him in jail. We don't want him anymore. So let's go back to our story, Jordan Neely. That fateful day, he's on the train, behaving erratic, threatening people. And when I hear people say, well, how did we know he was threatened? And how did it make them feel? And how, I'm like, are you serious? You want to get into that? You, you weren't on the train. You don't know what was in these people's heart. I ride that train every day going to work. And sometimes it's crowded. And I get on sometimes, and they're homeless people. If I see it, I take the next car. Or I walk through the cars. And by the way, if you walk through the cars, that's illegal because you're not supposed to walk through the car. You are there like sitting ducks, waiting to be killed, waiting to be attacked. Remember a year or so ago, almost I think to this day, there was a black man who tried to kill people on the subway. He was unsuccessful. But with this situation, the man subdued the crazy guy, but now we want to go after him simply because of the color of his skin. Had Daniel Penny been black, we wouldn't even be hearing about this. You know how I know? Because there was a situation not too long ago whereby a black man, crazy man, attacked a black woman, MTA worker, beat the heck out of her. She's blind in one eye. No one's talking about it. No one's out protesting. No one is stopping the trains and say, oh, this is wrong. We need to put the crazy people in jail. Oh, no, they're okay with that because that comes with the territory. You have to be willing to submit to that. You have to submit to being kicked around and beaten up. That's what they want. But if you're white and you try to stop it, oh, we're going to throw you in jail because you're not supposed to do that. 
You're supposed to let us keep doing what we're doing. My story continues on the other side of the break. Very well said. You tune into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The last half of the show. And, uh... Andrew, have you ever come visited New York City? I have not. Would you like to come to New York City? Once upon a time, I thought I did, but you look at the current landscape of New York City, just like a lot of liberal cities, and I really have no interest in going. Uh, you look at the crime, uh, the homelessness, the mental illness that runs rampant around there. I don't think I'd feel safe in a place like Central Park walking around. Uh, just so many things to make it to where it is not a desirable destination. And I think that's really sad that this is just one of our great cities that has fallen under Democrat leadership. Because when you think about it, like you said, uh, it's falling under Democrat leadership because before Eric Adams, before Mayor de Blasio, who just destroyed the city under COVID, COVID we had a two Republican mayors, first with Rudy Giuliani, who served for two terms. Those were great years, were prosperous, and people wanted to come to New York. They wanted to come, live, set up shop, followed by, believe it or not, uh, Mike Bloomberg. I wonder, where is Mike Bloomberg? He has not been out there lately because he, you know, remember, he tried to run for mayor. And I have to admit, that when Mike Bloomberg became the mayor, it was right during the on the cusp of 9-11. And I I really didn't like him. And he too was a Democrat and he switched parties and became a Republican. And you see that a lot in in New York City, that you'll have Republicans who are Democrats and they switch parties because they know that the Repu- the Democrat field is so saturated that's like i'll get no traction but if i switch parties i'll get traction because there aren't anyone there isn't anyone running 
on the Republican side. So we had Giuliani for two terms, and then Mike Bloomberg, the billionaire Mike Bloomberg, came in. He served not one, not two, but three terms because he was able to use his influence to convince people to change the election laws, allowing him to serve for three terms. And he went in, and it was interesting how he did it because he donated money to different causes, groups that would have a say in him changing the election law that would not have allowed him to run for uh, three terms, but then they allowed him to run for three terms. And I was glad that he ran for three terms. I actually worked on the last his uh, election canvassing and getting people to uh, support him. And what I found interesting is that in some of the neighborhoods, and let me just take a step back. So Giuliani two terms was a fantastic mayor. There was no crime. It was even kill. And then 9-11 happened. And when 9-11 happened, people were saying, well, maybe he should stay on for another term because it was at the same time that it was during an election year. And they voted and there was, and Bloomberg won. And they were saying, well, maybe we should let him stay on just a little bit so that he could help with the transition. And it happened. Bloomberg was okay with it. But then eventually Bloomberg took office. And Bloomberg, uh, when he ran, let me see, the first time he, when he ran, I think it was a black guy, I think, but he beat him. And at the last time, and, and during, okay, so that was Giuliani's term, perfect. Then you had Bloomberg. Bloomberg continued the policies of Giuliani with stop and frisk. And if you recall, when he ran for president, a lot of people tried to attack him on stopping frisk, and he stood by and said, no, it was a perfect thing. And then at the 11th hour, when he felt that he was getting a lot of grief, he said, okay, it was the wrong thing to do. No, it was the right thing to do because it kept the city safe. And not just the city, but it kept black communities safe. Stop and frisk in black communities kept black communities safe. Plain and simple, okay? Now, fast forward. He became the mayor for two terms, Bloomberg. And then the third term, and I remember I was out canvassing for him. And we went and I went into the Upper East Side. The Upper East Side is supposed to be the creme de la creme. You have a lot of, you know, rich people there, rich liberals there, who, for the most part, contribute to the downfall of the city with their warped ideas and warped policy positions. And when I was there canvassing, I remember I was handing out flyers and these women would come up to me and they would snatch the flyer and say, we're not going to vote for him because he said he only wanted two terms. He only needs two terms. Why is he trying to get three terms? And I thought, wow, the anger. And I'm like, well, who did you, who would you want in his place? There are no other good candidates, but believe it or not, there was a black man running against him who was a complete imbecile who knew nothing, who was another David Dinkins, but they were okay with that. You know why? Because he was black and we would have another black mayor and we can pat ourselves on the back and say, see, we're not racist because we voted for a black mayor. Regardless of the fact that he was incompetent, regardless of the fact that he wouldn't have known what he was doing. Now, when I say incompetence, incompetence in being able to be the mayor of a large city. Now, maybe in his own little household, he was good. Maybe at his job, he was good. But for a city of this size, he would not have been good. So you had these little woke women. I call them, they weren't considered woke at the time. But now we consider them woke. Who They would just get mad. No, we don't want him. We don't want Bloomberg. We want someone else. It's someone else's turn. 
someone else's turn, even if that someone else meant that you were getting a criminal, even if that someone else meant that the person is completely incompetent, if what's his name, Al Sharpton had run, they probably would have put him in office because it's someone else's turn. And Al Sharpton, I should have mentioned that throughout the travails of New York City, when we had David Dinkins and Giuliani, Al Sharpton was a, a prominent figure attacking Giuliani, saying he was a racist and he's this and he's that. While under Dinkins, he was like, oh, he's good, he's good. The same Al Sharpton. You got to look Al Sharpton up because they repackaged him. But this is the same Al Sharpton who back in the 80s, the 70s and the 80s, when I wasn't here, thank God, he pushed this whole Tawana Brawley that the police raped Tawana Brawley and they put feces on her. You got to guys got to go back and look. This happened in New York City, Tawana Brawley. Now, at the end of the day, we found out that Tawana Brawley, who's a private citizen now somewhere, I think, in North Carolina or Virginia, she's a nurse's aide or a nurse living a quiet life. That Tawana Brawley made all this up. Why did she make it up? Because her mom told her she could not go out that night. So she decided to go out. And before she came back in, she decided to jump into a trash can, put dog feces all over herself and tell her mom, oh, I was attacked. I was raped. Look the story up. It happened. The woman never, they never did a rape kit on her, but they believed this. And because New York was so fragile and afraid to challenge her because she was a black woman, a black teen, or Al Sharpton, they never pushed the case. And then they said, okay, we want her to come and testify. And you know what Al Sharpton did? He took her and ran inside of a church, St. Patrick's Cathedral, and said, we're going to come here. Now come inside the church and take her out. I mean, this actually happened. I know it sounds like it's a fairy tale, but this actually happened. Read it. I read it. It, it actually happened. And I remember thinking at the time as a child, I said, if I were there, I would just go right in. If I were the police, I would just go right in and pull her out. But see, had they done that, it would have been another race riot. Because again, you have black people who will believe anything when it comes to race. Now, some of them knew the girl was lying, but no, we just got to go along with it. And that's the reason why you have so many issues in the Black community, because the truth does not get out there the way it should, because you have bougie, and when I say bougie, I'm meaning the creme de la creme, these little Blacks who have all this money that don't want the truth out there. Like the Al Sharptons, the Joy Reid, they could care less about the Black plight. They don't care anything about it. They just care about their position of power and where it's going to get to them or where it's going to get them. So when Bloomberg was running, going back to Bloomberg now, keep up. Three terms. People didn't like him because they wanted this black man who was completely incompetent to serve in his position. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I, I see his face right now, but he was horrible. So Bloomberg served his term, great mayor. And then when it was time, the terms went up. In comes de Blasio, the worst mayor possible, giving people all these lies. Oh, I'm going to do this, and we're going to continue. We're going to build on it. We're going to make New York great. And these same white liberals, knowing that the man was incompetent, voted for him. Now, there was a Republican running at the time who was really good. I think he had managed our MTA system. Once the MTA, they realized that the people who were in charge were stealing from the MTA Stealing money from the MTA, that's our, I uh, think it's the uh, Manhattan Transit Authority, Metropolitan Transit Authority, which controls the subways. The person who was over was stealing, and he happened to be a Democrat, didn't go to jail. So they put a Republican over who said, I'm going to clean this up. He decided to run for mayor. The guy didn't have a personality. 
he was just like, oh, I'm, this is what I'm going to do, but he knew what to do. But they decided to vote for de Blasio, a known communist who was married to Charlene McRae, a former lesbian. She's black. He's an Italian. So they put together this union. But you know what else? Under Charlene McRae, de Blasio's wife, the city gave them, or the state, a billion dollars. You know what that money was for? To help out the mental illness, those who are mentally. And you know what? They lost it, so they say. A billion dollars that was designed to help people like Jordan Neely. They lost the money. No one was ever held accountable. They looked at it. They took it to court. And again, our activist judges looked at it and said, oh, we don't want to touch it because Charlene, she's a black woman. We don't want to be perceived as being racist. So they were able to lose the money and get off scot-free. De Blasio served two terms. He destroyed the city. The first term, he destroyed the city. And then when COVID came in, oh, that was just perfect. He continued to destroy the city allowing Black Lives Matter to destroy the city. You walk around New York City now, you see graffiti all over the place, you see people pooping on the streets, you got marijuana, you smell that everywhere. I'm like, this is what we want our children to be exposed to? You got drag queens walking all over. Remember, we don't have drag kings, we just have drag queens, men pretending to be women. Talk about toxic masculinity. But see, this is what the city has come to. It was a shiny beacon under Republicans, and then the Democrats came in and they destroyed it. And now you have Eric Adams, who's completely out of his league. The only thing this guy wants to do is walk around in his suit and his earring, the earring in his ear, and everyone says, oh, he's such a fit mayor. But what is he doing? Nothing. No, he did come out and say that we should hold judgment on this entire situation with Jordan Neely and Daniel Penny. He just said we should, he said we should wait. Wait until all the evidence is in. Well, I would say uh, by next week, well, not by next week, probably, well, this week or next week, they'll probably find this guy guilty because Alvin Bragg has decided today they convened a grand jury and the grand jury is going to look at this and they're going to see, did Daniel Penny act in a racist way? And of course, the jury, grand jury is going to say, yeah, he did the same way, the same grand jury that decided to indict Trump. And since I'm on that, let me just say this, because we're coming near the end of the show. Uh, I wouldn't at all be surprised that this whole case that Trump is, is going through right now, we've talked about this on the show before, and with Jean Carroll, the woman who claims that he raped her, and the trial is not about that he raped her, but more so that he defamed her by saying that she lied. People say this all the time about people. Look at Trump. He should be able to say the New York Times lie. He should be able to sue the entire Congress, Democrat Congress, for lying and saying that he colluded with Russia. And he tried to sue the New York Times. And you know what? The judge dismissed it. The judge threw it out. They said, oh, there's nothing there. But you're going to allow Gene Carroll to say that he raped her? Gene Carroll, who's being funded by the billionaire owner, founder of LinkedIn? You're going to allow this case to proceed on taxpayer dime? And all the jurors are uh, Democrat, radicals. So do you actually think they're going to say not guilty and rule in favor of Trump? Oh, no, they're not. They're going to say guilty. Now, if they say guilty, it's a civil case. He won't have to uh, – he won't be looking at going to jail or anything, but they'll probably order him to pay her money. 
But they said Trump didn't have any money. Oh, but now he has money. Now they want to take away the money. Right. So they'll but, probably say not guilty, I mean, guilty just to do that. Yeah, and this judge is a partisan hack, too. It almost seems like the judge is a defense attorney for uh, E. Jean Carroll. I mean, the bias that you see coming out of this case is clear and evident for everyone to see. And it's just a preview of what Trump's got in store uh, with the Alvin Bragg case. He's going to be dealing with a biased judge and most likely a biased jury. Well, the thing is, is that for the Alvin Bragg case, they went out and they judge shopped merchant and they deliberately, they purposefully found him and saw the docket where he was free because he had heard the case with the People versus Trump organization, whereby they found the guy guilty. So this guy will do the same thing. These guys are so partial, they want a guilty verdict. They want this. And as I said, Trump tried to sue the New York Times and I think someone else for lying about the whole Russia collusion. And the judge said, oh, there's nothing here. Throw it out. Really, Mr. Judge? Now, had they came back and tried to sue Trump, you would say, oh, yeah, let's let it go forward. Now, not only did the judge dismiss it, but the judge said, OK, we're going to dismiss this. And Mr. Trump, you have to pay their legal fees. <laughs> you can't make this up. And people aren't listening. People aren't watching. Our listeners on the show are listening, and you guys see it, but others aren't. And black people aren't listening either, because if they were, they would say, wait a minute, this is how they railroaded us before the civil rights. And we don't want this to happen, because you did this to so many of our men, railroading them, not allowing information to come in, getting biased judges to come in. You look at the situation with Emmett Till. The judge was biased, biased toward the defense. I'm sorry, the prosecutor. So they let those men off and say they were not guilty. But later on, they decide, oh, well, no, we're going to look at it. We're going to clean this up. Now they're guilty. But they're dead now. But see, this is the same thing that's happening now. So while I have all these, you have all these black people that are saying, yeah, 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 get him, get him, get him. The same thing has happened to you and will continue to happen to you the same way Jordan Neely, the laws let him down and they're trying to tell you that it's all about race, that this man, Daniel Penny, woke up that day deliberately looking for a black man to take down, and he did it. Now, needless to say, if we were to look at uh, Daniel's background, we might see that he has a lot of black friends in his community. But dismiss all that. We just want to look at that he held this guy down. Never mind the fact that there were black people also trying to help him subdue Jordan Neely. People don't care. Because it's not the narrative that they want. And when the media sets in and these crooked politicians set in, it's all about race. Call it racism. Call it a day. We got our man. Let's move on to the next person and let's take them out also. This has to stop. We cannot function this way in society. A man is dead. Jordan Neely is dead because the system created by the Democrats failed him because the system whereby we gave billions of dollars to a former mayor's wife to create a system to aid the mentally ill. The money got lost. She wasn't held accountable. He wasn't held accountable. And here we are, a man who's dead, and we have mentally ill people running around loose in New York City. Apparently, they're above the law, Andrew. But this makes no sense. They're the ones who must be held accountable. These policymakers, these Democrats who have created this horrible situation in society.
Yeah, this is one of the uh, sad things about these Democrats allowing these mentally ill people just to roam the streets. A lot of times it's law-abiding citizens who end up paying the consequences, in this case, just for defending himself and defending other passengers in the train. Now he's looking at a possible uh, life sentence or several years in prison just for doing what a lot of people at the time would have deemed the right thing to do to try and subdue this mentally ill man. It's a sad state of our country that we're doing this to our own service members and our own law-abiding citizens, and it won't change under Democrat leadership. We already know that. Uh, the the scales of justice are completely slanted against the law-abiding citizens, and it's a sad situation. But we're all out of time tonight. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Rob and Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or you can go to AmericaOutloud.com. We'll see you guys next time, and remember, stand for something or fall for nothing. <laughs>